Hi there. You know, last time we were together, we were talking about entering into the rest of God's Word, learning to enter into His rest, that our faith does rest. Eventually, our faith needs to rest, so the creative power in it can go to work and do what it needs to do. But if we don't let it go, um, then it then it won't do what it needs to do. You know, years ago, I was in an altar ministry line. I was one of the altar ministry prayer people. And this young man came up to me and his, his dad um, was an alcoholic. And I had dealt with that in my family. And so my heart just leaped for him, you know, because I wanted to tell him everything God had showed me about it and taught me and how he taught me how to pray and all of this stuff. And I wanted, you just got a few minutes at the altar, so you can't get into too much. But um, so <clears throat> anyway, I did the best I could. And when I went back to sit down, I kept thinking, oh, man, I should have told him this. Oh, man, I should have told him that. And um, we're talking about faith resting here. And uh, I should have told him this. And I should have told him that. And finally, the Lord said, stop that. He said, as long as he's still in your mind, he is not mine. So until you let it go, it doesn't belong to the Lord. We can't say we've given something to the Lord or ask him for help in something and then keep clinging to it because we get in his, I always think of the toddler in the kitchen uh, playing under mama's feet while she's trying to cook dinner. That while God's trying to get something done, what we've asked him to do, we're busy worrying over it and, and doing stuff like that. And he showed me in, in Psalm 50 where it said, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine and the literal translation said, it are in my mind. So when it's in my mind, it belongs to me. And until I can disperse it. So entering into God's rest and allowing our faith to rest. And we can see the word has been tried seven times in the furnace of the earth. And so the word has already been to hell and back. It's been the word himself has been to hell and back. And so it can take the pressure. The Word of God can take the pressure. So we put all that pressure on God's Word, and we just keep the Word in our mouth. Now, like I've said before, I have more revelation than I have discipline sometimes. So it's, it's a, in fact, recently in my own life, I've uh, been through some things where I've had to go back to the basics, especially where healing is concerned, and, and speak the word of life to my body and speak the word of life. I had a problem coming on, on my knee and behind my knee. Speak the word of life, thanking the Lord that by his stripes I was healed, that, uh, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in me, quickening my mortal body, that by faith I am made whole. Those are the kind of things that we need to say about ourselves. And in doing so, we are releasing the creative power of God's Word into our bodies. And uh, we really need to get practiced in that. Amen. And just remember last time we, we were looking at how God rested from His own work, from His workmanship and His craftsmanship of dispatching His Word out to get things done. And that's how, that's how things get done as we dispatch the Word of God. And then we pointed out how the woman, uh, it's, he, in Genesis 2.18, the woman was brought forth. He said, I will make and help me for him, for meaning to declare and to tell 
Um, and also to, what did it say? Uh, I had this right here. To be, to, to, uh, to place a matter high and conspicuous before a person. So I, I think women, they're moved by words. We have more words. And I think God gave Adam, the male counterpart, he brought forth the female counterpart to speak words of life for both of them, actually. And, and we saw that out in, in uh, Proverbs 12, 4, that a virtuous woman uh, is a crown to her husband. She encompasses him about for attack or protection. But uh, the, the other woman uh, would reproach him and cause rottenness in his bones. Ew. And when the bones rot, the blood gets uh, corrupted. So there's, there's life and death in the tongue, just speaking the right words or not speaking the right words. And so um, we were going to look at this time. I wanted to point out to you in, in 1 Corinthians chapter, let me see here, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3, I want, there's just a couple of words I want to define it's good to know the definition of these words because they're, they're, they come up all the time in the Bible and one of them being sin. And um, it says um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the, there's three words I want to, uh, or four, four things I want to uh, define because it will help us in our administration of the Word of God in our lives. One is sin, one is babes, babies, and one is evil. And then I want to talk about superimposing God's word over a situation. So uh, sin, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the, first, the church in Corinthians. And he says, I can't talk to you as spiritual, but I have to talk to you as babes. Did you know that the word babes means not speaking? Not speaking. If we're not speaking, we're a baby. We're babes in Christ. We're babes in the anointing, meaning we're not speaking the anointed word of God out. And uh, uh, that makes us a baby. I've fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto we were not able to bear, you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? And I would say babes are people that don't speak the word of God. It's not that they're not talking at all. They're not talking useful words. You remember Jesus said that every idle word, you will be held accountable for every idle, non-productive word. So our words, we need to be careful with our foolish chatter. Our words need to be useful and productive. And the word of God is spirit and life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. Uh, Hebrews says that the, the word is quick and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword, cutting us under the soul from the spirit. So we need to be speaking words of life. 
For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Do you know where there's envy and strife? There's confusion and every evil thing. So if you're, if you're in a situation where strife, you know what strife is? It's selfish ambition. And I can get in strife with a Christian brother or sister trying to make them see my point of view, trying to get somebody to get saved, trying to get them to believe what the Bible says. You can get in strife with them. The Holy Spirit doesn't get in strife with people. When strife begins, he backs off. So um, he, Paul was saying, you're yet carnal because there's envying and strife and divisions. For while one says, I'm a Paul, another I'm Apollos, and the, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the, the Lord gave to every man? So the babes, uh, that was what I wanted to show you, was the babes. And then we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 3. I want to uh, tell you what the word sin and evil means. The, these are good things to know when you're reading your Bible. If you look and see the word sin, did you know that sin is not like running around, doing wrong things, smoking, drinking, and chewing and running around with people and adulteries and it, that's that's sin but it's it, the the original sin started long before that uh, sin is missing the mark sin literally means to be without your portion of the anointing anything we do outside of that anointing is missing the mark of God's glory so that can, we can be sinning and not even realize it's a sin so um, we want to learn, like I said, we want to develop that craftsmanship of dispatching God's word. When, when I can dispatch God's word upon myself, uh, when I can dispatch God's word over a situation, then it keeps me from sinning. When, when I do anything, well, that, that's what we were going to uh, look at back in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It talks about when you when your work burns up, it shows that it was not a work of faith. It was not a work of the, it was a work of the flesh. It was not a work of the spirit. So um, the um, the word for evil, so sin is missing the mark or being without your portion, your portion of what? Of Christ, the anointing. The anointing literally means to furnish what is needed. So Christ is the anointing, and it means to furnish what is needed. And so when we are without our portion, when I don't have my portion, when I'm not operating in my portion of the anointing, then that is sin. Be without a portion, but be without your part. And uh, in Hebrews chapter uh, 3, the word for evil an evil heart of unbelief is um, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. I think it's, uh, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever realized that so many Physical ailments are created in the spirit realm. And um, 
the word for hardened. Take heed lest any of you be in an evil heart of unbelief, departing from the living God. I'll tell you, this is something that can convict me because it talks about, uh, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief there, literally, we get our word apathetic from. So it's not so much out and out unbelieving. It's just being like that about things. Apathetic. It could be just apathetic, which is a, a form of unbelief. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The word for hardened we get sclerosis from. Our English word, sclerosis. So multiple sclerosis. But it's, it's the hardening of the arteries, the hardening of the, the veins and the, and the tissues and the nerve endings. And that's what he said. You can be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So operating outside of the anointing is where the curse is. And we can be born again and spirit filled and say we love the Lord. But we operate outside of that anointing in a lot of the cases. We need to get perfected in these things, folks. And as the day comes close for the return of Christ, for the catching away of, this, of the church, uh, I believe we're going to get better and better. I believe there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's going to help us get better and better. But, you know, if I'm shooting at a target, I need to know where the bullseye is so I can e at least attempt to hit it. And so that's why we're talking about some of these things is to know what is an evil heart of unbelief. Well, I'll tell you, an evil in that, in that situation is in effect or influence. It's not necessarily your essential character. It's, it's evil in your effect or your influence. Diseased. So when we get apathetic about things, See, what we're doing is we're starting to look at things not from our own point of view, but from God's point of view and what, what He sees. And an evil heart of unbelief, of apatheticness, has, is a diseased heart to God. No faith or a lack of faith is a disease in God's kingdom. <laughs> That's with, oh. And so that sometimes when you're praying, if you didn't know these things, you wouldn't know to ask God for help. You wouldn't know to repent of these things and you wouldn't know to ask the Holy Ghost to help you with these things. But a diseased heart and it comes from uh, an evil heart. Evil is in effect or influence, not in your essential character, but it's a disease. So a lot of times we'll pray over our knee our back, our physical ailment, and not realize that in God's eyes, an apathetic heart is, much, is as much of an ailment as sickness as anything. Toil, it says to toil in anguish, and literally to toil for daily subsistence. So when we go about our day toiling in our own strength, that is a diseased heart in God's mind and in His eyes. And he quickens us, he encourages us to exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of us be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I think that's, that's the deceitfulness is that we've slipped off of the anointing. We've slipped out of the anointing into our own natural energies 
And now we're working out of our own natural energies and strength. And that, that's e that is evil in God's estimation. When we do something and it came from our own ideas and we operated it out of, but if it came out of my own ideas, then I'm going to operate out of my own strength because God's not going to be there. Uh, His grace is not going to be there. I've always loved this scripture. And I'll finish with this. It's in Second uh, Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 5. And it says, and, you know, we're talking about uh, the day that we live in, deep darkness is on the earth. We're anticipating the return of Jesus Christ and the, and the church catching away. But things have to be in order. Uh, that's why woman, her purpose, what was her purpose? What's the position she holds? And what's her power? And it says, finally, brethren, Paul was writing, and he says, finally, brethren, after he said everything else, he said, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, that the word of the Lord may run or walk hastily or have course, it will run a free course. So the, run, the word of the Lord is going to go like this. It's going to run a course. And it's going to have to have a free course. So everything's got to be in proper order and in alignment. And that's, that's the preparing the way for the Lord to come. But that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, human beings, for all human beings have not faith. Unreasonable means out of place. Out of place. And wicked means in... Not in character, but in influence, which is what we saw in the deceitfulness of sin and being uh, that your evil was not uh, was not was not in essential was not your essential character. It was your influence. So when you're out of place, it would be that way. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish us and keep us from evil. He will help us. He will help us. That's one thing that we can be doing is, Lord, show me, show me where I am out of place. Show me where I have been deceived by sin. Show me where I'm operating out of my own energies and my own strength and not in your anointing. Help me to appreciate the anointing that you've given me and how it functions and how it works, how you like to work through me. Get it. Let's let's get. Uh, um, Let's get uh, perfected. Let's get perfected in our anointings. That will keep us safe because he's going to collect everything back to himself. Our father is. He's bringing everything back. Remember the, the, the fall in the garden, everything got corrupted and dispersed. And now God is bringing everything back to himself in Christ, the anointing. So I pray in Jesus' name for all of us to learn to understand the anointing that God's put in us, to, to, to quickly realize when we're without that portion and we're operating outside of that anointing and to, uh, to, get, to get perfected in our anointings so that we can be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue and take dominion. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
God bless you.